this isn't going well. We haven't done this hmm, since June, I think. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Maybe July. It's been months. <laughs> do you want me to do a real intro? Yeah, I guess. I thought that's what we were doing. Oh. <laughs> Hurt my feelings. Sorry. <laughs> now do it. Fuck it up. Hello and welcome back to our podcast, Puff Puff. Pass the popcorn. <laughs> You're bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so good. What? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to our podcast, Puff Puff, Pass the Popcorn. We're reviewing movies. It's been a long time. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming back. I'm surprised that we did. <laughs> maybe it's been June. Maybe it's been since July. We're not sure. We could check our own Spotify account to see that, but we're just going to go with... Time works differently in podcasting time. Just like activities. the black hole. <laughs> Just like in the black hole of the movie that we're reviewing this week, which is Interstellar. That was like, I don't know. So good. That was like a C minus introduction for what is an A plus movie. First of all, you can lick my female taint. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. We're covering an almost 10 year old movie interstellar and this is our first ever two part podcasting episodes we're doing part one today welcome to part one this is the first we're crawling here so the second episode can walk run fly yeah we haven't recorded in a while because I had to go back to work. You know what my favorite part of working in a school is? The part where I get paid over the summer for doing nothing. <laughs> my least favorite part is when I have to go back and sit in a room with every but single adult that works in the same district I do. And we all have to talk about what we did over the summer and why we're so excited to come back. No one's excited to come back. Nobody wants to be back. We all want to get paid for doing nothing. <laughs> So that's my excuse because I've been tired. I also have not had the mental capacity to do such a thing like sit down, smoke a blunt, and watch a movie for some reason. Well, yeah, you're still unmedicated. That's a given. Yep, sure am. So how you been, buddy? We struggling but stay thugging. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a lie. I'm not of these streets just want to stay asleep i just want to sleep you got any main character energy moments or supporting actress activities oh my god it's been so long that i don't even know what i have done slash accomplished since we even last had a moment to check I in mean, you know yeah <laughs> i would say that the biggest thing is i'm just planning a trip for my birthday and i'm actually gonna go to Reno tomorrow to go shopping and that is total main character energy. So I planned that. And um, I don't know if it seems silly to drive a hundred miles to go thrifting with a friend I haven't seen in two years, but that's the plan and that's what I'm going to do. So that is very much like 
TikTok like Depop queen. <laughs> like you're driving super far to go to the good thrift stores. I mean, I'm just I want to go shopping for some accessories and for an ensemble that is going to give me like lightweight Burning Man vibes. And I just feel like here we are two days into Burning Man at the time that we're recording, which is who knows when. And I just, I want some of them cool vibes. I want to get in on them vibes and what better spot to do it than right before popping into the playa than in Reno. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I think you're going to have fun with your buddy. With my buddy. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It'll be a good time. My main character energy moment of the past like week and a half, two weeks. I made a reel, a meme, if you will. Mm. It was a clip from Jackass. You all know it. You all love it. It's the massive hand slap high five machine thing that they made that is just it obliterates all of them and puts them square on their ass it's enough to clothesline anybody and i made a reel with that clip about us watching interstellar and it has i was excited when one of my reels got like over 500 views this reel got over like 5600 views like Almost 6,000 people have seen this reel. But also, like, nobody followed us based off of the reel. So, like, like almost 6,000 people saw this reel, but then no one followed us and no one listened to the podcast. <laughs> wait, I should go look at the analytics, but I'm pretty sure no one listened. She's like, wait a minute. I didn't even double check to see wait if a that has any truth to it. <laughs> Let me I'm check just saying words. Yeah, right? This is what you do. You don't just say things that are false. You, like double triple check to make sure you're not just talking shit about oh, people. Oh god, not here. That's exciting though. I think we just need to know like what the people want to see and that's jackass. Did you know that we have people downloading this shit in Deutschland? <laughs> no way. Yes way. Danke. But um yeah, the receipts show not that many people downloaded our shit. Hot 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 hot. But it did go up a little bit from July. So that's good. Nobody cares. Welcome to the marketing podcast. That's okay. And if you're coming in here first and this is your first episode you're listening to. Oh my God. Thanks so much. Uh, this is a safe space. Unless you're yeah. an asshole. Then get the fuck out. <laughs> Rushing. Diet Coke, please sponsor us. I'm actually not drinking Diet Coke. Anymore? No, not anymore. God, it's not like the end days. I'm just not drinking one right now because we don't have any fucking money. And I'm out of Diet Cokes. I stole one from the guy I share my office with today. <laughs> <laughs> but he told me I could. But he told me I could like a couple weeks ago and I didn't know if that meant like forever. <laughs> so I just took one. Listen, like, I'm today's <laughs> She's like, I need that. <laughs> it's only been <sighs> 20 minutes since I've had this. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I only had one today, which is hard for me. Can I just say that I sent you the funniest and longest reel that I've ever seen in my life, courtesy of the Mr. Trevor Wallace, about Diet Coke to you? I watched it. And it was this morning. so accurate. I would If I had a Diet Coke, I probably would have it for breakfast. <laughs> but I didn't have one. <laughs> No, I've actually been, I 
I don't think she listens to this podcast, but I've been meeting with my friend um, Haley, who's a health coach. She's specifically like a women's health coach and she helps with like your hormones and stuff. So I feel like my morning routine is pretty well balanced. And I've been drinking this like collagen matcha drink just with like regular lactose free milk because it has a lot of protein in it and collagen has a lot of protein in it. And my hair is hairing and like my skin is skinning. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not drinking Diet Coke until like three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm doing pretty good. She's like, I'm not starting my day with it, but we are finishing the day with it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that sounds very much main character energy to have a, what what type of coach is she? Listen, any coach is main. If you have a coach, <laughs> you're the main character. I mean, like, I, I guess this is main character too, because I kind of stopped going to therapy. I was going to say I broke up with my therapist or I fired my therapist. Oh, sorry. But I, didn't, I didn't really do that. I was just like, dude, I don't think we need to meet anymore. Like. And he made it very clear he didn't think I was done with therapy, which, okay, why don't you look inward first? <laughs> it's not all about me. <laughs> um, but yeah, my just my my goals changed a little bit and making sure that I'm getting the proper diet and things was more important to me than going to therapy because I felt like all I was doing was talking about work and I don't want work to be my life, which is why we have this podcast. So True, 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 true. I feel it. However, as somebody who's still hitting that therapy like a little more frequently these days, sometimes you have a hard job. And if you have a hard job, you need to go to therapy about it. That's totally fine. And you could do that 100%. I mean, that's not (laughs) everything. Don't you fucking come up in here. Don't worry. I go to therapy for plenty of other reasons. Don't you come up in here and act like I'm anti-therapy. All seven of our followers are going to fucking cancel me. Bitch, I work in mental health. I I am the therapy. <laughs> like, don't fucking make it sound like, oh, she quit going to therapy. She's anti-therapy. No, bitch. I just left She's the like, toxic workplace you know and I don't need it anymore. <laughs> she said, you know what's better than therapy? Enemas. <laughs> She's like, get yourself. (laughs) I knew that I had a a whole foods enema. (laughs) I knew that I had a monthly budget to spend on my health and wellness. And instead of spending it on therapy, I wanted to spend it on a health coach, which it's basically like therapy because we talk about like how fucked up diet culture is and like how terrible everything is. So it's so like therapy, like, it's but like therapy anyway. It's like therapy, but she sends me meal plans and I love her and it's cheaper <laughs> than therapy. So that sounds great. <laughs> Let me get her insta later. And my skin is skinning and my hair is hairing. The the skin is skinning is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <sighs> okay, you're in a shit talking mood tonight. I'm just I am file that in the back of my mind for when we start talking about <sighs> this movie. Listen. Speaking of this movie, shut up. What did you smoke for this movie? Well, oh, wait, <laughs> you would shut up for a minute. <laughs> I would tell you a cool, cool, cool story. Can you tell? Can you guys, can you listeners tell that we're fucking related? Hey, remember when we hated each other? <laughs> Lol. <laughs> <laughs> remember, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're one of two friends that I have. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Um, <laughs> emotional damage. 
which is the theme of this movie. It is, it is. This is on brand, I swear. It's all connected. It goes all the way to the top. Okay. Just like this okay. movie. Sorry, you're right. I am in a shit talking mood. I don't know why. Anyways, so part of this podcast is the puff puff part. However, I did not get a chance to smoke for this movie because I did that thing where I thought we were recording. So I was going to watch it the night before. You know me. Lack of planning. Gotta love it. Love to see it. But then we didn't even end up recording that day. So what happened was I got home from work around midnight and then I started a three hour movie and I stayed up until what's the math on that? Somebody crunch these numbers. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. That's not hard math. Thank you. <laughs> Listen. But yeah, I did not end up smoking because Interstellar is just one of those movies for me. And again, we're coming in with this as a rewatch because we've both seen this movie before, which is why we feel the need to be covering it. The emotional damage is real. It is raw. She's been a little emotional anyways lately. So like, I don't think we needed to add that extra layer of like smoking on top of that. But I did smoke something. I just couldn't remember what it was. But I didn't get like obliteratedly high. I didn't like go to the moon or anything like that. But this is still such a good movie. And the visuals on this thing, freaking amazing. The emotions, sucking them right out of my eyeballs. I... I think I did smoke a joint for this movie, and I think it was an indica. This okay. is amazing. This is a, how do I how do I show so, up places where I'm supposed to be, like on the daily? It's a mystery. So we started a podcast called Puff Puff Pass the Popcorn because Caitlin is the puff puff and I'm the popcorn. Caitlin didn't puff <laughs> puff this movie, or I maybe we did. I didn't popcorn this movie. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need a snack, but. Also, I thought we were recording the very next day. So I was like, I got to hurry up and take these notes. I got to do this like right now. So I was like, I'll worry about a snack later. I'll make something up when I'm done taking the notes. And then I never did. I mean, I, I have I eaten food since? Yes. Have I eaten good food since? Yes. But did I eat a specific snack that I can share with you during this movie? No, I did not. And I well, technically, actually, I did, but it's not like a recipe that I can share with anyone because my it's friend... It's just a bag of Doritos? No. <laughs> that would be fair. Also, if you like Doritos, Cool Ranch Doritos, I bet you will like Cool Ranch Doritos dipped in cottage cheese. Mm. It what is if very good. it was Lay's French onion dip instead? That's Have you had good. that? Yeah. So I did eat something during this movie. And at the time, I thought it would be a good snack to talk about. But it's a horrendous snack to talk about because it wasn't a snack. My friend Kathleen came over the night before and Donnie made this whole like fucking feast of like pulled pork that he had to smoke for like eight hours all day. He made like homemade barbecue sauce, homemade pickled onions. It was so fucking good. And I had leftovers the next morning when I was taking my notes for Interstellar Part 1. But I can't give you the recipe for all those things because I have no idea what Donnie did. He just made a really good pulled pork, really good pickled onions, really good homemade sauce. And I just fried two eggs and put it on top. And let me tell you, that shit went hard. Like if your pulled pork is ass, it's not going to be good. 
but the pulled pork was good. Buster, I'm in the middle of making a point. <laughs> the pork, good. Pickled onions. Make your own pickled onions. They are so good. Let them sit for like at least 24 hours, but literally you can put that shit on everything. Buster, Buster is screaming is losing to the mind. heavens about it because it was so good. Yes, and making your own barbecue sauce <laughs> is also very easy. I have to keep all of this because this is just where we're at. And my fucking cat is screaming and meowing because he wants the door to be open, but the door can't be open. But yes, I think everyone in life should learn how to cook how Donnie does. Unless you're me, I married the Donnie. So I get to reap the benefits. But yeah, a barbecue, like a leftover barbecue dinner for breakfast, two fried eggs on top. Incredible. Like it, it hit. It was good. That sounds so good. It was so, I want it, it again. Like, does right Donnie now. post his recipes on his Donnie's Blazing Kitchen Instagram page? So he doesn't usually post recipes. Mm. And especially for something like the pulled pork and the sauce, because like, a lot of the times he just kind of makes it up as he goes. Like with the pulled pork, he just randomly decided in the middle of it that he was going to spray it with Diet Dr. Pepper as it was cooking. Because it like adds, it obviously adds sweetness, but it adds like moisture to it as well. So he just like decided that and like needed a squirt bottle and like took one of the last Diet Dr. Peppers and sprayed it all over. And I've... It doesn't taste like Dr. Pepper, but those 23 flavors are in there somewhere. <laughs> They're in the mix. That's wild. I've never heard of spraying any sort of meat yeah. with a soda whilst smoking. That's interesting. Yeah. Is that good. just because that's what you had on hand? Technically, he mixed Diet Dr. Pepper and apple cider vinegar together and sprayed it with that. So I don't know if you guys have seen that show or if you, Caitlin, have seen that show, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. But... Those are like I'm all ready. the components that you need to have like a delicious meal and to have something be like a well-rounded flavor profile. You need salt. You need something acidy. You need something fatty and heat, which is like spiciness or like hot. The kicker. You know, so the Diet Dr. Pepper and the apple cider vinegar, you got your sweet and your acid and he's mixing it with the seasoning that he already has on the pulled pork which is the heat and the pork itself is the fat so just like he's just creating these like it seemingly complex flavor profiles but it's just the basics of it's it's the four pillars yes so it's things tasty if you're ever eating something and you feel like it's missing something just walk yourself through like salt fat acid heat what is it missing Anyway, I feel like that was a really long rant about what kind of food that I ate, but this is now, Donnie's Kitchen Podcast. <laughs> this is Donnie's Place and Kitchen Podcast, and you guys learn something. Salt, fat, acid, heat. It's literally that easy. Impress everyone you know with your amazing snack skills now. Yeah, you too can microwave a bag of popcorn and then... Yeah, it up a little bit and just add a little squeeze of lemon and a little bit of like red pepper flakes. Boom. That's it's the tahine for me. A gourmet snack. Exactly. See, tahine's got the heat and the acid. It's Bring all the there. <laughs> you ready to talk ready. about this movie? Ask me again. Are you ready to talk about this movie? Are you are you ready to talk about this movie? 
Um, no. <laughs> Emotional damage. I am. I am ready to talk about this movie. Let's get into it. So because this is a two-part episode, we're literally just take our typical episode format and cut it in half. So we're going to intro the movie for you. And then we're stopping at exactly halfway. So if you're trying to watch the movie and keep up with us, one, I love you. Two, <laughs> we stopped at about a minute 30. It was a about 45 seconds shy of a minute An 30. An hour 30. A, <laughs> a minute 30. An hour 30. Like, so on the opening scene, uh, changes. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> opening scene, dust. That's all. <laughs> yes, thank you, Caitlin. An hour and 29 minutes and like, I don't know, 30-ish seconds. Wasn't somewhere I just right saying, like, what, how many minutes it, was it ago that I didn't know how many minutes it takes to watch I don't movie? know the words you just said. Great, cut it all up. Next. <laughs> Interstellar, 2014. Prior to this, I've only seen this movie once. And I didn't remember all the bits and pieces. I just remembered like Matthew McConaughey black hole and that's it. So it was like watching an entirely new movie for me. Yo. Which was, um, Were you not prepared to be that. emotionally dragged no, through no, I mean, the seasons of this movie? We cut this movie in half and not even halfway through the first half. Sobbing. Like a bitch was done over like the <laughs> smallest stupidest shit. So... If I cry while we're talking about it on this podcast, no you're going to make me cry too. This is a safe space. You're I actually, contagious. <laughs> I was holding my phone while I was taking notes and I felt like something sad was going to happen. So I just opened my camera and started recording myself crying. So I have very raw footage of me like <laughs> as if I was like an influencer apologizing for doing something racist <laughs> like oh lord <laughs> just sobbing that's wild are you gonna talk about who's in this movie because you love talking about who is in what movies I just like IMDB a lot <laughs> I I love a good mix and match game. I love to know who's been in what and where else, where else have I seen that person? In case you're wondering, it's a memory in game. This movie. It's everyone. Everyone's in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's Matthew McConaughey. It's Anne Hathaway. It's Timothy Chalamet. It's Matt Damon. Uh, Wes Bentley. Do you know who Wes Bentley is? Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. was in American Horror Story and he also, he also plays a fucking stupid little bitch named Jamie Dutton in Yellowstone for all my Yellowstone fans. I have not watched Yellowstone, have not jumped on that train yet. He's a bitch in Yellowstone. He Damn. plays a bitch like real good in Yellowstone. It's also got fucking an Affleck. It's got Topher Grace. It has everyone. I feel like just I still your game. I saw your IMDb. No, that's okay, because I'm just literally clicking through, looking at all these people faces going, yep, yep, yep. Everybody is in this movie. Oh, and my God. I didn't even scroll over. It's got fucking John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> Everyone too. is in this movie. Thanks, Christopher Nolan, for putting together quite the fucking dream team. Thanks. Oh, yeah. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. So we wanted to do this movie because Christopher Nolan obviously just came out with Oppenheimer. Have I seen Oppenheimer? No, I haven't. 
Me I don't want to fucking talk about it. I also haven't seen Barbie. At this point, it's a week and a half away from streaming. Don't ask me if I've seen it. I'm poor, so I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying for this podcast for our seven listeners. <laughs> so I can't so take me to the movie movies. sometime. <laughs> yes so we will cover oppenheimer eventually and honestly as soon as the barbie movie drops we're gonna cover it like the moment it's available on streaming we know you love it we know you've been talking about it we love it we're gonna talk about it as soon as it's available for streaming or purchasing at home we're gonna buy it and talk about it we're gonna do the same with oppenheimer but christopher nolan was just he was having his like boss bitch moment this summer so we wanted to, you know, pay our respects. <laughs> Are you mentally prepared to begin? I am. Excellent. Well, the beginning is dusty. <laughs> the movie mm-hmm. opens, literally, it's crusty, dusty, musty. Some sort of dust is falling on a bookshelf, and there's a little toy spaceship, which is like immediately on theme. There is an older woman who's doing like a talking head slash documentary style interview. And she shares that her father was a farmer, just like everyone else was, quote unquote, back then, even though he didn't start out that way. We are then introduced to Cooper, who is played by the gorgeous, the amazing Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. If you have, if you are a Matthew McConaughey, honey, um, <laughs> go watch Magic Mike. Even though it's like trash, he's in it. Just have a good time. <laughs> it just is have, worth it. Just have fun with it. We are introduced to Cooper, who is the amazing Matthew McConaughey, as I said. And Cooper is waking up from a dream of like flying, maybe crashing some military, some military looking jet plane thing. And his daughter Murph is there as he's waking up. And she says something like, oh, I thought you were my ghost, like all the noise he was making. So who knows? (laughs) Is their house haunted? Is it the Haunted Mansion? Another movie I have not seen this summer. (laughs) Murphy seems to know that he was dreaming about the crash but he won't admit it to her and just sends her ass back to bed and we are back to the old woman who now we're kind of assuming is Murph and she says that all of their wheat died from some disease and they had to like burn all of it but the corn survived but there was just this like constant dust that was just blowing around and getting all up in all over everything so the old person if it is Murph is describing the time that like Matthew McConaughey and is alive and like Cooper is a child. I say alive. That sounds like a spoiler. He doesn't die in this movie. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. <laughs> There's also like some other older people talking about how they dealt with the dust. Like, you know, very at first I was like, is this a dust bowl movie? Because it truly looked like a fuck ton of dust. I really thought it was like a 1930s Dust Bowl era setting. But then Cooper opens a laptop in the next scene. And like, you're like, you're that just, doesn't pan out. Let's use our context clues. This is obviously some kind of like fucked up, weird farming apocalypse future that is probably coming for us very soon <laughs> in this lifetime. I mean, 
doesn't seem far off. You're it shrugging. You're shrugging. Your microphone's not picking up the shrugging that you're doing. It's, yeah, you know, possibly. Something's going to happen. You never know, you know? Around the breakfast table, Murphy and her brother, Tom, who is played by Timothy Chalamet, as well as their grandfather, Donald, played by John Lithgow, they are talking more about Murph's ghost, which she thinks is a poltergeist. So she is one of us. She gets it. Yeah. Cooper tells her that this whole belief in like a ghost or poltergeist isn't very scientific of her. She points out that Cooper told her science is all about admitting what we don't know. So basically she's she believes in aliens. She's a baby UFOlogist and we love her. <laughs> She's she's here to uh to figure it out. Let's, yeah. let's you know, she's here to gather data. She's getting her evidence on the ghost in her room. Yeah. And Coop is willing to hear her out about the ghosty. She's just like you said, she's gotta get that data, gotta get the receipts. Mm-hmm. So Cooper and the kids load up to get in the car to head to school for parent teacher conferences. Cooper and Donald see their neighbor burning all of their okra crops. And Donald says it could be the last harvest for okra, like ever in their area or in the world. And Donald also tells Coop that he should be nice to one of the teachers because she's single and they need to start <laughs> repopulating the earth. Like, God, talk about pressure. <laughs> Something obviously happened that has like wiped out a pretty substantial portion of the population. Imagine if someone was like, oh, you're going to the grocery store. Maybe see if that cashier wants to fuck you. <laughs> Pass. Yeah, no, thank you. On their way to the school, Cooper is letting Murphy shift gears in the truck for him. And at the same time, they just so happen to get a flat tire. Unrelated, it is obviously not her fault, but her brother Tom kind of like makes fun of her and says oh murphy's law which murphy's law is typically summed up as anything that can go wrong will go wrong so when they're changing the tire murphy asks her dad why she was named after something that's bad and cooper tells her that murphy's law doesn't mean what everyone thinks that it means it just means that whatever can happen will happen sure yeah, still, dude, don't name your kid after something that most people think is a bad thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Ballsy. Ballsy, this one. <laughs> As they are changing the tire, a very low flying object suddenly zooms over their head. They all pile back in the truck to chase after it without changing the flat. They're just I mean, on the rim. It's obviously very important. Like that thing is so, it, it looks like it's a drone or something like that. Yeah. But it looks so low that like, it looks yeah, low enough where it's going where it's not supposed to be. So it's like, fuck the tire, like risk the rim. Yeah. We're taking the truck through the cornfield. Let's it's, follow it. Let's go. It's yeah. It's super low that it's obvious that it's going down. And Cooper says that it's an Indian air force drone. And I guess there's like solar cells in it or something. And he thinks they could power an entire farm. So he's going after it, like for the materials and not just because he's like a crazy conspiracy theorist, you know, <laughs> Cooper is having Tom drive his truck, like busting through the cornfields, <laughs> chasing down after this drone 
while Murphy is like pointing something to the drone. Cooper's on the laptop. This is really big, like crazy, wacky scientist dragging his kids into shenanigans vibes. It was fun. I don't know why it gave me like futuristic ham radio vibes, but it did. Yeah, yeah, totally. The drone does eventually fall over this hill and Tom like literally has to slam on the brakes to keep from driving into a lake. Bro, that or ain't a hill. That's a cliff. He almost like, drove a truck off a cliff. It was, yeah, it was like a cliff, but then they were able to like walk down it. So it was like just a very steep hill, I guess. I don't know, man. Cooper managed to take control of the drone so they didn't lose it. It didn't crash. It just he managed to get it at the last minute and he's now controlling it with his laptop as they go to pick it up. Cooper guesses that it's been stuck in, I don't know, the air in the space <laughs> for a while since um, he says the Delhi mission control went down around the same time the United States one did. They're really not sure why it flew down so low, but Cooper wants to give it a job to do, like driving a combine to help with their weird farming apocalypse situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. And Murphy makes a weird comment that she wants to let it go because it wasn't hurting anyone. Like it was mm -hmm. an animal or something. Did you pick up on that? Kind of. Yeah. How it's mm -hmm. like, if it's not bombing anything, like off of the face of the earth or whatever like why don't we just let it go type of thing yeah. and it kind of makes you wonder like what different ai advancements are actually happening here in apocalypse farm time that's a good point i didn't think of it like that hmm. i was like dude it's a hunk of metal like <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like obviously spoiler alert jumping ahead right now but like when you think about tars like it's easy to personalize it yeah, so with something like that, it might have been easy to animalize it. Yeah. Even with TARS, I'm like, dude's a hunk of junk. He's a really smart computer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they load this drone up into the truck and they finally pull up to the school. They're obviously super late because they were on drone hunting mission. <laughs> the principal and the teacher are annoyed that he's late because, I mean, I would be annoyed if someone was late for a meeting at my school when I was waiting for them. <laughs> they tell Cooper that they got Tom's test scores back and that he's going to be a really great farmer, which is kind of like a slap in the face because Cooper wants yeah. to talk about college for Tom. But it kind of sounds like the universities are funded via taxes. And Cooper says that since there's no more armies, I guess... Then, like, like, he wants to know what his money is going towards because the universities can only take, like, a select number of students. Yeah. You know? That's so crazy to think about a future where, you know, enough of the population was actually KO'd to the point where, like, the need for any army is just, like, non-existent. Yeah. And what a time. Because, like, most civilizations, that's, like, the first thing they do is, like, build up your armies. Right, but they're like, we don't fucking need one. We like, don't, we, don't we don't need don't do an that. army. <laughs> That's gone. Yeah. As someone who spent a lot of time in colleges and universities, it seems crazy to me that you have to be like a chosen one to go to college, but also that's kind of how it used to be with universities. Like, mm -hmm. your daddy had to go there too if you want to go to that university. Mm -hmm. 
So the, the idea that some kind of test score can determine like, you're going to be a farmer or you're going to go to college and we're going to see if there's another need you can fill when you're in college. That sounds a lot like some standardized tests that some public schools still use like the SAT and the ACT and the ASVAB back in the creepy farming apocalypse future. <laughs> Cooper is arguing back and forth with the people at the school because Cooper just feels like they are judging Tom off of a single test score. Like I said, standardized tests are awful and need to be yeeted into the sun. Maybe Cooper can take them when he goes to space. <laughs> Cooper is an engineer, but the principal says that the world does not need any more engineers because they didn't run out of TVs and planes. They ran out of food. So they need really good farmers. It's good that they didn't run out of TVs as a child raised by television, but bad that they ran out. Oh my God. <laughs> bad that there's no food. Cause look at me. I love food. <laughs> the principal even adds that maybe all of their grandkids will get to be engineers. Like how fucking crazy is that? I don't know. That's just wild to me. Like you'd get to be an engineer. I can't get over it. Sorry. Not that you study to be or they want to be. No, you, you can be. Yeah, we'll see. They are unfortunately not done with this miserable meeting that Cooper is in, and they need to talk about Murph. She is in trouble because she brought in one of Cooper's old textbooks and was showing other students the sections about the moon landings. The teacher says it is an old federal textbook and that they have been replaced with the quote-unquote corrected versions that explain how the Apollo missions were faked to bankrupt the Soviet Union as they poured money into rockets and other useless machines. <laughs> Cooper is like, uh, what bitch? <laughs> like, He's like, no, I worked for NASA. <laughs> this is like talking to people who think that like Sandy Hook was faked. <laughs> this is, oh my God. It's, obviously infuriating for Cooper because this bitch really believes that the moon landings were this like really brilliant piece of propaganda. She says that if they want to avoid repeating the wastefulness of the 20th century, which I agree, there's a lot of wastefulness both in the 20th and 21st, but she's wrong on this part. They need to teach the children about this planet instead of dreaming about leaving it. This sounds like a hop, skip, and a jump away from alien racism. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why they're so upset with Murph about this is because this little bad bitch even got into a fucking fist fight <laughs> with other kids about the Apollo missions. Science, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper finally points out that one of the useless machines that she is talking about that people used to make was an MRI machine. And if they had had one, his wife wouldn't have died of brain cancer. Uh, point Cooper. That's so sad. And yeah, now we know how she passed. That's gotta be hard. Like knowing that the technology was once there and you're able to see, but not anymore. But wasn't available for whatever reason. Yeah. They want to know what he's going to do to deal with Murphy's behavior. And Cooper's like, you know, she really likes that baseball team. I think I'm going to take her, buy her some candy, some soda. <laughs> yes, same. Science wins every time. Classic science dad sass. <laughs> science dad sass. 
Back at the farm, the combines that Cooper had rebuilt were acting up, and it seemed like they were all driving towards the farmhouse. And they said maybe it was because the compass was acting up, like it could have been magnets or something. And then inside of the house, something fell off of their bookshelf, and Murph reveals that she's kind of been keeping track of which books are falling off the shelf because she thinks it could be Morse code. She doesn't really know how, but she's collecting the data. Maybe it's Morse code. Mm -hmm. Donald and Cooper are sitting down having a beer together outside at the end of the day. And they're talking about obviously the parent teacher conference that did not go very well. Cooper's just really unhappy with the way of the current world because he misses the days of people being pioneers and explorers, but he says it like Matthew McConaughey. So it's pioneers and explorers. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald reminisces that when he, are you still dying of my Matthew McConaughey impression? Were you there? Were you transported to that scene? A little bit. Donald is reminiscing on when he was a kid back when something was new was invented like every single day. And he said that like 6 billion people were all trying to have it all at the same time. And that the current world is fine as it is. And that Cooper is the problem. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if Donald is like our generation. That makes me think that too, just by sheerly the amount of Instagram ads that I get for random devices. I never knew I needed for stuff yeah. like what the fuck is that <laughs> cooper has this really beautiful quote he says we used to look up and wonder about our place in the stars now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt i can see to him as someone who was like in his career on the brink of space travel and then having that all come crashing down with the literal like fabric of the society <laughs> as he knows it mm-hmm but at the same time, you need food. So you do kind of have to worry about the dirt that you're in. Yeah, you know? exactly. The scene cuts to some more elderly people. Just there's so much talk about the dust and the dirt. <laughs> and they're recalling the day that something came over a canyon at the same time as we see Cooper, Murph, Tom, and Donald at what looks like a pretty small local baseball game. And Donald is complaining about, like, who the fuck are these bums playing baseball? <laughs> and he says he remembers when the world had real ball players. And this team, this little small team, it's the fucking New York Yankees. It's so janky. It like, literally looks like a, the Sandlot. And like, it's supposed yeah. to be the New York Yankees. Yeah, the world is so fucking depleted that they're playing on this tiny ass field and the only seating is bleachers and the bleachers are yeah. like half empty. Exactly. And Donald exactly. is pissed because they're eating popcorn instead of hot dogs. And he complains about this, but he's the one that said he likes the world more now than how it used to be. But he's like, this baseball sucks. This is wrong. I want a hot dog. <laughs> okay, grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Okay, grandpa. We understand. You're, you're upset. You wanted everything to be like it was, but also everything sucks. We get it. Go take your corn meds, Grandpa. Go to bed. <laughs> Pipe down and eat your corn. <laughs> Coop.
Cooper uses this time to talk to Tom about what the school said about farming. And Tom does say that he likes their farm and he enjoys farming. And Cooper does seem supportive of this, which Mm -hmm. is really all that matters, in my opinion. He's not, like, pushing his kid to do something and be something he doesn't want to be. Exactly. If your kid doesn't want to go to college, they don't have to go to college. College Mm -hmm. isn't the only answer. And he's into the farm anyways. So, you know. He likes it. Yeah. Turns out he's cool with it. They need farmers. Why the fuck not? The test just, I guess, validated that for him. (laughs) Anyway, shut the fuck up. Suddenly, (laughs) she says to herself, suddenly a massive dust cloud comes over the hill and starts closing in on the baseball game. Everyone just like hoofs it. They get the fuck out of there. They're putting like masks on, goggles on. They don't finish the game. They don't make an announcement. They're just like, just shit and run. There was like like, a horn that started going off and they all just like scattered. (laughs) Yep, exactly. I mean, and that dust cloud was freaking crazy, you know? Oh, yeah. She was hefty. When they get home, Murph forgot to shut her window, so there's a fuck ton of dust floating around the room, and it's illuminated by a lantern, so it's this really cool, like, amber-y color shot of, like, little Mm -hmm. dust particles floating through the air, and all of a sudden, there's very clear lines in the dust falling through the air, like, very straight distinct lines that like typically do not happen when dust is falling and the dust is then falling into like very distinct piles on the ground murphy of course is like it's the ghost i told you cooper is interested in what these lines are because the next morning he is still looking at these lines of dust on the floor when murphy wakes up And he says that the ghost is not a ghost, but that it's gravity. It also is not Morse code. It's binary code. And the ghost was sending them coordinates. Cooper takes off to the coordinates. Spooky. Spooky. So Cooper takes off to the coordinates that they discovered in the dust piles. But he doesn't want to take Murph with him. Too bad. She sneaks in the truck anyways. And they finally arrive to some very creepy locked gate. I love how she like hid like underneath like a sleeping bag, like on the yes. floor of the truck bed though. <laughs> yeah. And he just like goes to grab something and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's just like, sorry, I'm going with you now. You're, we're already in the truck. We're moving. We're grooving. Yeah. Let's make it happen. And then she falls asleep because it seems to be pretty far away from their house. Yeah, no, those coordinates are not close in yeah. any way, shape or form. Because they leave in the morning and they get there like at night. Like it's Yeah, they get there after the sun after the sun has gone down. And Murph had fallen asleep in the car. And Cooper's Mm -hmm. like, I think this is a dead end. Like we gotta turn around. And she really sleepily wakes up and looks at the gate, goes back to sleep and says, like, didn't you bring the bolt cutters? (laughs) She's just (laughs) amazing. She's like, You're gonna let a fucking gate stop you after all this? I know, right? Like, as someone who gets in fights at school, like, Dad, come on. We're not dicking around with the fucking gate. You think I'm gonna let a fucking gate stop me? Ain't no way. (laughs) Ain't no way. Right as he is about to break in, these hella bright floodlights turn on. Cooper, like, immediately gets tased and they are taken inside. When Cooper comes to, he is being questioned by a robot labeled TARS. And TARS wants to know how Cooper got the exact coordinates for their location. 
but Cooper is just kind of threatening Tars, not really willing to talk because Tars won't tell him where Murph is. Cooper even tells Tars that he's going to turn him into an overqualified vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Hot. I like that we're finding time for sassiness. Well, he's a sassy science dad. It's the it's right? what he's going to do the whole time. Caitlin, who do we finally get to see next? Bomb, 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 bomb. Meryl Streep. Just kidding. <laughs> She's Anne the only Hathaway. person who isn't in this movie. <laughs> it's Anne Hathaway. It's Anne Hathaway. AKA Dr. Brand. And Cooper mm-hmm. said that he knew a Dr. Brand once, but he wasn't nearly as cute as she is, which I was like, ew. <laughs> he's still trying to repopulate a whatever. Ew. He's like, talk it's about in the cute. back of his mind. He's like, I only fuck doctors, so I'm not going to hook up with this oh teacher. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this teacher doesn't even think the moon landing was real. I'm not oh procreating with her. BRB, going to get my PhD, so I'm good enough for Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we don't know if he wears deodorant. That's true. So just cut it all out. We don't know if he wears deodorant. (laughs) Cooper just wants to take his daughter and leave because they don't know anything about the place that they found. But Dr. Brand simply says, yeah, you do. She takes him and Murph to a conference room full of like basically a bunch of old white dudes, Mm -hmm. including the Dr. Brand that Cooper knows. All these people want to know, they want to know how Coop found one of what they claim to be the best kept secrets in the world because you can't just like stumble in or out of it. Yeah, like they're out in the cuts. This is when he tells them about the gravitational, maybe supernatural anomaly that's taking place in their house. But he won't elaborate until he knows that him and Murph are going to be safe and they're not going to be harmed. They all kind of laugh at this because they're like, we're with NASA. Like, this isn't the fucking CIA. We're not going to, like, murk you and bury the bodies. This isn't going to (laughs) happen. We care about space. CIA. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. This is a CIA hate podcast. (laughs) So the wall in the conference room all of a sudden slides open, which is like a CIA type move whatever (laughs) and they are in like a huge warehouse building with a massive space shuttle that is currently being worked on cooper thought all of nasa had been shut down after they refused to bomb people to help save the planet Mm -hmm. which is again we're gathering more information about this crazy post-apocalyptic okay wow cool nasa has morals and the government just shut them out tight yeah Cool, tight, tight, tight. <laughs> Professor Brand said that they just had to go incognito mode to help find a more long-term solution to the crisis on Earth. It had to be a complete secret because the public would be pissed if money was being spent on space exploration while people were like dying of starvation, which is fair. Oh, I'd- how weirdly relevant to the times with the billionaires ah! in the sky. Huh. Oh, oh my God. He went mm-hmm. to space. Oh my God. They went to the Titanic wreckage. I don't give a fuck. I want affordable housing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a different podcast. <laughs> CIA is listening. I wish the CIA would subscribe to this podcast. Do you think they would? Do you think they'd come on the show? There's no way. Do no you way. think they'd come on the show? Like one fucking agent. 
our FBI agent who's listening to us. Hey, man, come on the show. Anyway, this little NASA team, whatever the fuck is going on, they've been tracking the food crops and they believe that the bountiful crops of corn that they've been experiencing will soon disappear, similar to the Irish potato famine and wheat in the Dust Bowl. Again, I'm not in like, I'm not an agriculture person, but it seems like you have to rotate your crops because if you grow like too much of one thing in one mm-hmm. place and if you just grow the fuck out of it, it'll drain the soil of the nutrients. It'll drain the soil. You'll never be able to grow stuff again. It's going to fuck up like the whole ecosystem. That's mm-hmm. what it seems like to me, but I don't know how it works. <laughs> so as the blight that they keep calling it, which I guess is just mm-hmm. the disease on these crops continues to thrive the air will have less and less oxygen and more nitrogen from the plants dying, I guess, the crops dying. And Professor Brand basically says that the last people to starve on Earth from not being able to grow food will be the first to suffocate because of a lack of oxygen. A.K.A. Yeah, terrifying. In other words... Earth is slowly becoming uninhabitable. The more that they try to grow food and repopulate, they're making it worse. Yeah. Great. Murphy's generation will be the last to survive on Earth. Of course, anyone's question if they find this out. Cooper wants to know what the plan is to save the world and save all the people. But Professor Brand says that they're not saving the world. They're going to leave it. Bye-bye, Earth. (laughs) Bye-bye. A whole new planet. (laughs) It makes me so nervous thinking about this. This anxiety. You're just having anxiety. I leave Earth. I don't want to go to fucking space. I don't even want to think about how, like, people other than me are having experiences that I don't even know about right now, let alone, like, you ever (laughs) thought about space? If you're listening to this podcast, Caitlin, just sit, (laughs) shut up. Shut up. Take a moment of silence and just think about space. Silent. I'm scared. I'm scared. Like, okay, we know Earth and then beyond Earth is space. What's beyond space? Mo space. Nope, I don't fuck with that. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, NASA has already sent out a team of people looking for their new home called the Lazarus missions. If you're taking notes, now's your time to start. Earth go bye-bye, Lazarus mission, find new Earth. Yep. And they're going to be sending out one more team, the Endurance. Earth bye-bye, Lazarus also bye-bye, Endurance soon to be bye-bye. Soon to be (laughs) bye-bye. We're there. there. There's a lot of science talk. It's a science podcast. Science movie. Cooper, he's a science tit. He's an ancient. <laughs> Listen, science tits. That's yeah. the name of this podcast, <laughs> Science Tits. So, Science Tits Cooper <laughs> says that there are not any planets within our solar system that can sustain life. So, he wants to know where NASA sent off the Lazarus mission people to. Professor Brand will not tell him anything else unless Cooper agrees to join the Endurance Expedition as the pilot. Cooper doesn't think that he should because he has never left the stratosphere, according to him. But again, he's Mm -hmm. Matthew McConaughey, so he says, stratosphere. (laughs) (laughs) 
But Professor Brand is like, yeah, this group of fucknuts we got, they've never even left the simulator, a.k.a. <laughs> the video game. <laughs> they've only video gamed <laughs> leaving Earth. So anything is better than them at this point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so terrifying. I can't imagine going out with somebody who's like, if you've like done something, like experienced something before, and you're like gonna go run a mission, and you're gonna be with people who've been on a simulator before, and like have never actually experienced that. That's so terrifying. Well, and he's never, he's never even like he's been in a plane. A plane is not the same as a spaceship. Like it just simply is not. That's like saying I've been in Dad's boat. It's the same as a submarine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> no, I'll go not. look at the Titanic. i think that's one thing that's happened since we've recorded the the last podcast was those fucking fuck nuts with what was it called the ocean gate or am i thinking water gate (laughs) god damn it (laughs) we're gonna be here all night folks (laughs) yo i got shit to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah caitlin's gotta leave to go to reno i've gotta go to bed it's a whole thing donnie's probably already trying to go to bed i'm counting down i have i have four hours shut up we're not even halfway done okay (laughs) (laughs) okay so professor brand says that they chose you but we don't know who they is who put these coordinates in the dust who led him here is it aliens i don't know gravity ghost who knows yeah Cooper's obviously hesitant because they don't know how long the endurance mission will be gone and he does not want to leave his kids. But Professor Brand says he should get out there and save them. He's being a little bit manipulative. Yeah, a little bit selfish here. So a scientist named Romilly is describing who they might be. Caitlin, who plays Romilly? David Giassi. David Giassi. We love a black male scientist, especially in this weird apocalyptic future. He was in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, nice! As an <laughs> as an extra, I think. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Look, he went from being an extra to a whole character with his own name and... Okay. okay. We love it. Okay. Okay. So Romilly is saying there have been certain gravitational anomalies noted for the past 50-ish years. The most significant they have experienced is this one specific instance outside of Saturn. There is a wormhole, which is, again, this is a Science Tits podcast. It's a disturbance of space-time, and worm. this wormhole leads to another galaxy. I don't know how it works, but it was created 48 years ago. Wormholes do not occur naturally. Mm-hmm. somehow meaning that someone had to have placed it there they whoever they are they are looking out for this team of nasa scientists trying to save the people of earth do i understand wormholes no does christopher nolan make it easy <laughs> in bite-sized pieces for uh-huh. my dumb blonde bimbo ass yes yes, <laughs> thank, you. yes thank, thank you. you christopher nolan I honestly don't know if wormholes are real. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if anything they're saying is true, but again, that's the thing. Wormholes a theory, essentially. We haven't proven that it's a thing, but it's a it's a theory as far as like a way to visualize what it is type of thing. No one's ever like actually witnessed a wormhole at any point that I know of, maybe. But black holes are also a different thing. 
NASA sent the Lazarus mission teams into the wormhole 10 years ago. There were 12 people for 12 possible worlds. Their mission was to explore their individual planets. And if theirs was habitable, they were supposed to send a signal back to Earth and then go into hypersleep and wait to be rescued. If their world did not seem promising, they were essentially left to die in space because NASA doesn't have the resources to visit all 12 for a rescue mission. But one system with three potential worlds showed a lot of promise. So it's a long shot, but this is their plan A. And there's still Lazarus mission people on those planets right now. It's so wild that nine people just suicide mission themselves into a wormhole. Oh my God, right? I don't even let someone like cut me in line at the drive-thru at McDonald's. <laughs> and these people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll suicide mission it just for <laughs> mankind. <laughs> I'll go see if this world's cool. And if it's not, I'll hypersleep until my death. Obviously, like it's the ultimate sacrifice, but it could not be me. That's why I'm not a science tits girly. <laughs> So their plan A is to move the entire station that they are in into mm -hmm. space. The massive facility, I guess, will just like yeet up out of the earth somehow and will fly into space because science and gravity. And rockets. I guess. And rockets. No, it's rockets. I don't get it. <laughs> how do you not get how you put shit in space? I just don't. It's rockets. I just don't. There's some things I just don't get. Like when I was talking to, I met with a financial planner earlier. I just don't get it. I don't get taxes. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm smart in other ways. <laughs> I'm smart in feelings, not science tits. I, I'm feeling smart. I write paper smart. <laughs> science tits, no. <laughs> okay. No, I'm literally a dumb blonde when it comes to like science and math and shit. So I don't get how, I don't know how rockets work. How did you, you get a master's degree? <laughs> It wasn't a master's in science, you asshole. I guess that's fine. <laughs> I got a degree in the lamest type of science there is. Wormholes. Psychology. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, their plan A is to move the entire massive facility there. But Professor Brand is still working on the equations and formulas and shit to make it work. But he thinks he's close. And plan B is basically a population bomb. They've got 5,000 fertilized eggs. Some are placed in incubators. The rest are going to be born through surrogacy. They will essentially create a genetically diverse like colony over time. Mm -hmm. Again, science. <laughs> but they would have to abandon the people currently on Earth if they go with plan B. So plan A, obviously preferred, though a long shot. Professor Brand promises that if Cooper finds them a new home, by the time he returns, he will have solved the problem of gravity. I mean, like, he sent the other people out, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. Honestly, I had to watch this part four times. This scene? Really? <laughs> yes, just because of, like, I know it sounds dumb, but truly, not everyone is smart in all of the ways. And I am not a sciencey person person like at all in terms of this science like and i, I feel knew... like if you're not a sciencey person it's explained well enough and broken down well enough like in this movie that you can still enjoy this without being science tits but yeah essentially plan a plan b 
let's see if we can either find a new planet to go live on because this one ain't doing it. The blight's too much. Yes, this movie does a very good job of explaining the science and things that you need to know. And they make it feel like they make you feel smart. Cause you're like, oh yeah, wormholes. Oh yeah, I got gravity. Yeah, I got that shit. My yeah. issue was trying to take the logical notes to be able to explain it to you idiots listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch. And I say that lovingly because I too am an idiot. <laughs> Back at the farmhouse. Cooper's getting ready to leave. Murphy is pissed. Rightfully so. Donald tells Cooper that he knows this world was never enough for Cooper. Cooper knows this is what he was born to do, but he's obviously still struggling with leaving his kids behind. But he also knows that he has to save the human race. So, you know, rock in a hard place. I, that's crazy. I mean, I don't even like leaving to go to work when I'm leaving my dog at home. <laughs> It's crazy that the world is, like, literally telling them that they need to leave. The world's like, get the fuck out. You can't grow food here anymore. They're like, dust bowl, dust bowl, dust bowl. You've squeezed every last resource out of Mm -hmm. Mother Earth. It's time for you to get got. Cooper knows that he has to make things right with Murphy before he leaves. But Donald's like, dude, you can't make promises that you can't keep with her. So he goes to talk to Murphy. And he tells her that when the kids were born... Their mom told Cooper, we're just here to be memories for our kids now. And, like, that's making me tear up right now because, like, fuck, man, that just, (laughs) as someone who wants kids, like, that that hit me, dude. (laughs) Cooper says parents are really just ghosts of their children's future, but he can't be her ghost right now because he was chosen. I'm going to start crying. Do you want me to cover this part? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is when I started crying watching the movie. <laughs> I'm fine. So um, Coop says that parents are just ghosts of their children's future but he can't be her ghost right now because he was chosen by the gravity by the binary code and murph obviously upset opens her little observation notebook where she's been collecting her data and shows him the morse code that she's decoded off of the bookshelf not all the stuff that fell on the ground that gave him the coordinates but her bookshelf morse code and it says stay Oh my god. Stay. <laughs> and it says stay. <laughs> and he's not really listening to her, but he says that he'll come back. Which is exactly what his dad told him not to do. It's kind but of a promise. It's a promise. Yeah. Kind of a promise. He can't exactly keep it. So Cooper gives her a little watch that matches the time on the one that he's wearing. And he says, So when I come back down from space. You keep track. I'll keep track. Time's not going to be the same for me up there. And then we'll compare when we meet up again. What a wild thing to tell your kid. And she and he yeah. even, he even says like he's like I don't know. You might be as old as I am right now when I come back. And she goes off the deep end. Like and he realizes kind of like it's too late to pull back and. She's like, you have no idea when you're coming back to you at all. And she gets really upset and she like throws her shit and pulls the covers up over her head. 
and he's just like, oh no, come on, come on. <laughs> and it's just really fucking traumatic. Yeah, it's such a traumatic way to leave your child for what could be the rest of their life. Like, yeah, because he, he's not even sure when he's coming back type of thing. And, and you're leaving on a bad note for mm-hmm. what could be forever. This could be your final goodbye. No, don't do this. No, don't do this. So as he's leaving, a book falls off the shelf. And he doesn't really understand it, but just closes the door, you know, makes his way out. He says goodbye to Tom, um, who says that he'll he's going to look after the farm. He asks Donald, just right now, in this moment, to look after his kids. They didn't talk about that previously. Like, he's leaving in the truck to go to space. And he's like, Donald, look after my kids. Like, you guys didn't have that talk before? You waited for that just right now. (laughs) Again, we're 45 minutes into a three-hour movie. And I was bawling as he's driving away from his family. Bawling as I was trying to read the notes (laughs) for this part of the movie emotional damage so matthew mcconaughey goes to space yeah he fucking goes to space he's in like a spaceship space he's shuttle piloting he's captaining he's i don't know getting out of the stratosphere for the first time ever <laughs> all these farmers and engineers going to space going to space tars is like kind of narrating their lift off and he asks, is everyone good? Plenty of slaves for my robot colony? <laughs> and Cooper's like, um, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, Doyle, who is, what's his name, Wes Bentley? Exactly. I got it. So Doyle tells Cooper that TARS has a humor setting to kind of make the robot fit in a little bit better with its mm-hmm. unit. And TARS says that it can use a light to indicate when it's joking and that the crew can also use it to find their way back to the ship after TARS blows them out of the airlock. (laughs) I just want to know who made the robot so sassy and sarcastic. I love it. Well, that's because the humor setting was at 100. It was like, great, TARS, can you lower that down to 75%? Yeah, that's going to be too much for me right now, TARS. (laughs) So yeah, they're in space, doing space scientist things. Space is quiet as fuck, it turns out. I mean, I knew it was going to be loud, but I also didn't know it was going to be this quiet. It's because there's no atmosphere. There's no, like, anything for sound waves to move through. It just goes. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) The absolute dead silence after they leave the atmosphere and they're just, like, floating. It was, like haunting as fuck i get space anxiety like which is anxiety about space not like i'm realizing that now just in this moment i mean seeing that in a theater probably was dope but like i would have been very loudly snacking if i were in that theater because it would make me anxious (laughs) and i just need some sort of noise you know i sleep with two fans and a white noise machine and the tv on so i like sound All right, they're in space, doing space things. Cooper is trying to kind of spark up a conversation with Dr. Brand since they are going to be spending a fuck ton of time together. I mean, possibly the rest of their life. She says that because they're spending all of this time together means that they need to learn when not to talk and that she's just being honest. She's like, don't talk to me. 
Cooper asks TARS what its honesty parameters are, and TARS says it's set to 90% because absolute honesty isn't always the best thing with emotional beings. True. Damn. Deep cuts, TARS. Deep cuts. So Cooper's like, fine, I'll keep it 90% honesty with you, Dr. Brand. (laughs) (laughs) They make it to their little space station port thingy, and the whole crew, TARS included, makes their way into the space in the spaceship that's what we're gonna call it the space station i don't know what it's called but like for some reason it has to be spinning and like attached to this thing yeah so what that what that's doing essentially is um creating their own gravity because humans need gravity they're used to gravity they're going to do better when exposed to gravity for long periods of time so in order to make the trip which i believe is what two years or so two years yeah two years to saturn they can't just be in space for two years sans gravity and have everything be okay like someone's gonna get heartburn like a motherfucker so with the spinning with the the force going on it that keeps you know gravity happening and going so that they can hypersleep or do their thing or whatever it is so that their body's not just wrecked physically are you you an astronaut how do you know this (laughs) i'm just i go on the black hole of the internet and i like Ah, to read about it and i want to know about it plus i think it was in another movie too that explained that or a show or something I don't know. I don't, I don't typically enjoy space movies. I fucking love this movie. So it's like my only space movie. So I don't have a lot of like knowledge from other space movies. Damn, you know? I'm gonna hit you with so many more space movies down the road yeah. then. No, I I like I like this one a lot. Anyway, they're at the spinning little station thingy. They also meet Case, which is essentially another TARS, and they're video chatting with Professor Brand. Who says mm-hmm. they have two years, like we said, to travel to yeah. Saturn. I do not fuck with space. Two years to get to Saturn? Like, <laughs> what are light years? Can they just do that? Can they just travel at the speed of light? Like, let's no. just get this shit light, going. Light years, light years isn't s- speed. Light years is like space, like miles. So drive that fast. <laughs> There's it's no speed not, limit. What are the space cops so going to pull you not, over? It's not a. It's light years <laughs> is not a speed. Light years is a distance. <laughs> the silence is as loud as in space because I simply don't understand. <laughs> I'm smart in other ways. So like, you could be X amount of miles from Saturn, or you can be X amount of light years. From Saturn. But can't they just travel at the speed of light years? No. Why? Why is it called speed light of light Because light be then? fast. Light travels V, M, F, and fast. So they should just Human be fast. bodies need gravity just to be in space for two years. What makes you think you could just shoot them like a bullet <laughs> to fucking Saturn? They'd disintegrate. There'd be nothing left. <laughs> Well, when you say it like that, I sound really stupid. I just want it to. I'm trying to make 
to a six-year-old because that's what's happening right now. <laughs> I don't like space. <laughs> it's just because you don't understand it. I don't like it. We sent you to space camp. No! <laughs> I don't want to go to camp in space. <laughs> oh, she's leaving. She's leaving. <laughs> it's camp about space, but they have it on Earth. Oh, my God. We're Just moving get on. on with your poem. I can't talk about this anymore. Yeah, Professor Brand. Professor Brand, <laughs> stop. She's still laughing. You can't hear her, but I can see her. She's still laughing. You guys ever heard that poem, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night by Dylan Thomas? Because Professor Brand quotes like basically the entire thing. And the main sentiment of that whole poem is basically that life is precious and it should be fought for at every turn. So... That's what they're doing, is they're fighting for that life. instinct to survive, honestly. Yes. These little astronauts are getting ready for bed, and the hypersleep chamber is essentially, like, being vacuum-sealed in water, I guess. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't get space, which means I don't get hypersleep. I don't think it's a real thing. <laughs> don't tell me if it is. <laughs> If That's you're fair. listening, if you're listening to this podcast years from now and you're a scientist, whatever kind that knows about hypersleep, don't email me. I don't care. <laughs> That's all. I am going to go gentle into that good night. <laughs> With a blanket. <laughs> With a blankie in my wet hypersleep bed. Oh my goodness. Dr. Brand is telling Cooper about the astronauts who are on the Lazarus missions. I guess none of them had any families or attachments back on Earth because that is what Professor Brand wanted. The best of them is apparently Dr. Mann, which, spoiler alert, it's a second half Matt Damon. <laughs> Have you ever seen The Martian with Matt Damon? No. Dr. Mann is doing the movie The Martian, but through the wormhole is what's happening. Matt Damon goes to Mars by himself and gets stuck out there and has to survive and wait until another fucking planet. Not oh, planet. so he's doing Interstellar. You said he's doing The Martian, but he's like... No, but in Interstellar, Matt Damon is playing a doctor who, like, you know, goes to a planet, ends up by himself, and he's doing recon. The Martian is a movie where Matt Damon goes to Mars, ends up by himself, and tries to survive. So it's essentially like he's the same person. Okay. That's cool. I should watch it. Is it good? Yeah, dude. It has Kristen Wiig. Ooh, I like Kristen Wiig. <laughs> All right, whatever. Dr. Man, second oh, half. You know who else it has? It's fucking Jessica Chastain. She's in Oh, she's hey, in that's funny. Space. She's a space bitch. She's a science tits. <laughs> Anyway, Dr. Mann somehow got 11 people to follow him on this, like, crazy, lonely death mission into space. Good for him. <laughs> Cooper is the last to get into his, like, wet, jerky sleep sack thingy. <laughs> and he asks Tars if Brand has a relationship with any of the Lazarus astronauts. Because the way she was talking about one of them, Edmonds, makes him think that she does. 
And Tars doesn't really answer because he has like a discretion setting on him. Cooper uses some time to record a message for Tom and Murphy before he gets into the sleep sack. Back on Earth, Professor Brand takes Cooper's truck back to the farm for Tom. Murphy sees it pulling up and asks if it's Cooper. Like, girlfriend, he just got to space. Not quite yet. Like, you haven't even had another birthday yet. He's not back. <laughs> he's not even wrinkly from his water snack snooze yet. There's no way he's back. <laughs> Professor Brand gives them the transmitter to get messages to and from Cooper, and he mentions to Donald that Murphy is a bright spark, and maybe he should fan that flame, which I kind of mm -hmm. like. He's like, I like her. He's like, she'll break in anywhere. We need that at NASA. And she's smart, like, mm -hmm. the whole data and gravity and Morse code, binary mm -hmm. code thing. We are back in space, and the images of them just, like, floating through space outside of Saturn's ring, it was legitimately moving me to tears, because <laughs> I just can't. Like, one, I'm scared of it. Two, it was beautiful. Three, Christopher Nolan is a genius. <laughs> I can't. Cooper's watching messages from home, and it sounds like Tom is taking some farming and agriculture classes, which is he's nice. He's trying to take care of that farm, like he yeah, said. Yeah, and he still gets to take classes, like college, you know, experience mm -hmm. maybe. Love that for him. Murphy has refused to record anything for Cooper, though. Yeah. So it's kind of rough. They did not leave on that good note. Space seems kind of like summer camp. <laughs> There's bunk beds. There's cozy blankies. This is why I thought space camp was in space. Bunk beds, cozy blankies, visiting with your bunk mates. It's so fun. Oh, except your neighbor is a little anxious. Maybe he misses his mommy back at home. Oh, <laughs> my fucking God. <laughs> Romilly is not having fun. He's anxious as fuck, boy. He can't get over that all that is keeping him from space is this thin wall of aluminum. Mm -hmm. Like... Uh, you, aluminum, endless death. That Human beans in a tin can send it to the sky. Just jiggling around in the galaxy, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cooper gives him some soothing rain sounds to listen to, which I thought was really nice, and it did seem to help him a little bit. Romilly was like, oh, okay. Oh, coping mm -hmm. skills. I got this. <laughs> oh, coping skills. Oh, coping skills. <laughs> In the next scene, they can finally see the wormhole, and Cooper is surprised that it's a sphere and not just a mm -hmm. hole. Romilly explains to him how it works. I still don't get it. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. I'm not going to get it, but go ahead. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> no, I want, I want you to try. <laughs> I want to get it. <laughs> oh, you don't know, do you? <laughs> Big brain on science tits, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a hole that is not really a hole, but it's a sphere. Whatever. Cooper somehow gets it. He understands why. They still don't know who put the wormhole there. And again, they just go into the wormhole. Like, I can't even make myself go into a new restaurant. And these motherfuckers go 
into this random hole that's not really a hole but it's a sphere and it's like really trippy looking it looks like a planet but that's like made of a galaxy but it's like a tiny planet no no as they enter the wormhole it's getting trippier shit's getting weird cooper's trying to like fiddle with some of the controls but doyle tells him that they won't work in the wormhole all they can do is like record and observe what they're seeing they're scientists they want to learn at one point the edge of their ship looks all like warbled and distorted Mm -hmm. dr brand reaches out to touch it and says oh it's them aka whatever entity she thinks is looking out for them if you have not seen the movie well, I don't think we've spoiled anything yet, but this is important for you to know. Also, if you haven't seen this movie, you should really watch this fucking movie. It's really good. So just yeah, make note. Prepare of, to cry. If you're only listening, I already cried just recording this podcast. <laughs> but if you're just going to listen to the podcast, just remember that it's all warbled and she's like, oh, it's them. Somehow they made it through the wormhole. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't know where they are right now, but they did it. <laughs> and they're going to go through like years worth of data left behind from the Lazarus astronauts. Miller and Mann both kept like relaying signals back of a thumbs up, but Edmonds went down about three years ago. And Dr. Brand is upset about that because that is her boo thing. Mm-hmm. Ah, at least I think boo thing. They are coming up on Miller's and Mann's planet soon. But both are orbiting this massive black hole, which is called mm-hmm. Gargantua, maybe. Or maybe that's just what they're calling it. Whatever. There is a substantial gravitational pull from Gargantua. Do I know how black holes work? No, but I know you're not supposed to go in one. <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. So if there's a big gravitational pull towards Gargantua, you got to mm-hmm. stay a little bit further away from Gargantua than you would stay away from like other planets. <laughs> sun than the sun what (laughs) huh um (laughs) black holes have so much gravity that it sucks everything into it including light so not even light can escape so black holes can be the center of a planetary system like the sun like the sun all right all right i think i get it hey rachel what the closest black hole to Earth is 150 nope. miles. <laughs> 1,560 light years away from the 1, Earth. Okay, that's a lot further. I was like, 150 miles. You're going to travel that this weekend going to Reno. <laughs> <laughs> that's too close for a black hole to be to Earth. <laughs> that's immediate death. Immediate that is quite death. literally too close for comfort, my friends. Too close for comfort. <laughs> I should have brushed up on my fucking science tits before I jumped on today. I mean, you're trying to be like the science queen, but Christopher Nolan did it for us. So we're going to move right along. The issue isn't necessarily navigating around the gravitational pull of Gargantua, but it's the amount of time that they will lose because of the gravity. So I guess the gravity on Miller's planet will slow their clocks while Earth's continues to go on as normal so every hour that they spend on miller's planet will be seven years back on earth so they start arguing about how they should handle this since miller and man are both alive cooper obviously doesn't want to spend too much time on miller's planet because that means his children would get much much older as 
he's handling things with Miller. So him and Doyle arguing back and forth about what is good for Cooper versus what is good for literally the rest of mankind. Mm -hmm. They are more specifically arguing about plan A versus plan B, which again, plan A, find a new planet for the people of Earth to inhabit. Plan B, everyone gets murked and you go with the fertilized egg babies. Mm -hmm. Cooper comes up with a plan to go around the black hole and the time shift to go to Miller's planet, gather the data, and make it back without losing too much time, hopefully less than an hour, so less than seven years on Earth. Romilly is going to stay behind on their little space station thing and use the couple of years to research the gravity of the black hole for Professor Brand back on Earth. So Dr. Brand in space, Cooper, Doyle, and the case robot are all going to Miller's planet. They're entering the atmosphere, in my opinion, a little bit too fast, <laughs> but Cooper chooses to use the air brake rather than using fuel to slow them down. Again, Cooper, pilot in the military, he kind of mm -hmm. knows what he's talking about in this situation. But this also has to be bringing up like a little bit of stuff for him, you know, except he's in fucking space and not crashing onto Earth. <laughs> Man, it's just do or die time at this point. I don't know if you can recall. I mean, I'm sure he's recalling on that experience that he has to make his way through this. But yeah. Man, it's just do or die time. Like seconds are precious in this fucking sense. And they're, you know, they say uh -huh. at some point that they're treating time like a resource. So yep. they just got to go, go, go. They don't really have a choice. You don't have time mm. to second guess whether or not how you want to do something or how you think you want to land. Like it's business time. Yeah. He's like, if we're crash landing because we're going fast, then we're crash landing, my guy. <laughs> like it's going to get us there quicker. So they finally enter the atmosphere and they see a very large body of water, which is a truly incredible mm -hmm. find for humans on the hunt for a new planet. Mm -hmm. They did land in the water, which I thought was weird because like, you don't know how deep it is. Yeah. It looks like they're hovering over an ocean and then they like stick the fucking feet out on the ship. It's like and, not even like, and, me. And, it, and it's like, you know, like two, two foot deep or something. It's not even, like, up to their <laughs> knees. It's But, like, you can't really tell that from your little spaceship. Yeah. Whatever. They land efficiently, but not gracefully. The gravity is about 130% of what Earth is, so they're definitely feeling it after being in space for so long. They find Miller's transmitter broken under the water, and Dr. Brand says the rest of the wreckage is towards the mountains. But these mountains are not mountains. Um, it's a massive mm -hmm. fucking tsunami-sized tidal wave. Mm -hmm. In mm -hmm. the mountains that she sees is a big wave in the distance that is moving away from them. Cooper puts two and two together, turns around. Giant fucking tsunami wave right behind the ship. Classic. They got to get the fuck out. Fast. Mm -hmm. But Brand doesn't want to leave without the data from Miller's transmitter. So she gets the hunk of wreckage she was looking for. Case helps her get back to the ship, barely in time. Doyle, his ass got got. He unfortunately got swept away by the force of the wave. May he because rest in peace. they did not make it back into the ship in time. No. So this tidal wave is coming. Yeah. And they're just trying to get in the ship and trying to make that happen. When Case picks up... <laughs> dr brant and starts doing like the weird fucking <laughs> yeah 
yeah like Case robot like... arm wheels on the side it, <laughs> i don't know why but it makes my heart so happy to watch that no shit. it's it's cool. Like Case is like this rectangular robot. And when he goes to help Dr. Brand, like his little rectangle arms just kind of scoop out and hold you guys Dr. Gotta see Brand. This movie. But then there's like these other rectangular arms that are just like rotating hella fucking fast, like getting it through the water. It's it's pretty great. But yes, Doyle got swept away by the force of the wave. No way he survived that. And now they're just in the ship at the mercy of this insane freaking tsunami. I'm not, I'm still not over Doyle because the way that I audibly gasped when he didn't make it before the doors closed, I was like, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, now they're, they're inside their spaceship riding that shit, like a surface submarine in the middle Mm -hmm. of a tsunami. Like it is not good. And they have to wait 45 minutes to an hour for the water to drain before they can leave. And again, every hour here is about seven years on Earth. Cooper's losing his shit a little bit. Oh, yeah. He, he big mad. He's super frustrated with the decisions that Brandon Doyle made that led to Doyle's death and that led to, you know, the whole tsunami wave riding that ship like a surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> And he tells them, one of my favorite quotes of the movie, you eggheads have the survival skills of a Boy Scout troop. Because remember, (laughs) they never left the simulator. They never, they only played the video game. They have never done anything real with space before. They're just doing their best. They're just science tits. (laughs) Cooper is very desperate to get his time back. And he asks Dr. Brand if there's any way they could jump into a black hole to gain back the time they've lost since being on Miller's planet. Brand, of course, reminds him that time cannot move backwards. The only thing that can move across dimensions like time is gravity. Do I understand this? No. We're going to move on. (laughs) (laughs) They then discuss the possibility that the beings they've been communicating with via gravity could be communicating with them from the future. Do I understand this? No, we're going to move on. That means that somebody from the future is trying to tell them via the way of gravity what's going on and what to do and where to go. Okay, I still don't get it. (laughs) Okay. Whatever these beings are, are also beings of five dimensions. Mm -hmm. Again, who the fuck knows what that means and how time works for them. Do I get it? No. Uh Uh-oh, another wave is coming. I get that. (laughs) Do you know how many dimensions that there are in um our universe my dude uh thir- no <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna guess three because i've seen a 3d movie before do you know how many dimensions there are in our universe i'm gonna google it real time because i think you're fucking with me how many <laughs> three bitch i had it right there's three what about the fourth dimension? Suck my asshole. There's no such thing. Uh-oh, another wave is coming. <laughs> Blast off, motherfuckers. <laughs> they barely make it up over the wall of water, and you get this really fucking depressing shot of Doyle's body floating in the water as they are flying away. Sorry, Doyle. Back on the mothership or whatever it is. I don't really know. <laughs> the space they, station. They see Romilly, who has obviously aged... And he's like, I waited for you guys for fucking years. How long did they wait? 
23 years, four months, eight days. Man, that's too fucking long. One hour on the water planet is seven years back on Earth. But I felt like they weren't there for that long. But you, you think they weren't there for an hour? No, one hour on the water planet is seven years back on Earth. Mm -hmm. It's been 23 years, so that means they were there for over three hours. It didn't seem like that long. Well, they they had to enter the atmosphere. They had to land. They then dicked around in the water at knee-high, accidentally KO'd Doyle, did, <laughs> did their version of Titanic slash Poseidon or whatever, where they're floating around in the wave, then had to wait 45 minutes for the ship to, like, be not full of water for them to blast off. So, like, yeah, yeah that they might have been there for a little bit longer than two hours. And then exiting the stratosphere and all that shit, the atmosphere, to get back to the spot. Might, might have been three-ish hours, yeah. depending on how long they were tumbling in the wave for. That's fair. On screen, it seems like, oh, like, you know, the, it might have been. Like, I was like, they were only there for, like, eight minutes. It's not that long. <laughs> but, yeah, when they said 23 years, I just, like, instantly started crying. But <laughs> it was because I felt so bad for Romilly being alone for that long in space yeah. after he was so anxious about, like, the very thin aluminum between him and death. I felt really bad for him. Like, didn't he still have that sound machine like wrapped around his neck or something in yeah. that scene when they pulled yeah, up? Yeah, he did. Like, thank God for that. He has his little nature noises with the crickets. Right. Otherwise, yeah. who knows? It was just him and fucking Tars. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At least Tars kept him company. I hope. Cooper also sits down to watch messages from his kids. No, goodbye. I was sobbing, like tears streaming down my face. I was crying harder than Cooper at this point. I could not. <laughs> Romilly said at one point, it's going to make me cry again. <sighs> he stopped believing that they were going to come back. Like, I fucking would too. Mm -hmm. After like 10 years, I'd be like, well, I honestly... I don't know if they're coming gonna, back. I'm not going to say what I would do because I don't want anyone to think i'm not okay but <laughs> i would not have lasted 23 years by myself i like that's people. why we're not sending you to space camp <laughs> exactly i don't want to go <sighs> bromley did say that he slept for a little bit though um he said it felt yeah. wrong dreaming his life away yeah <sighs> and romley also said that they have been receiving information but can't send anything, anything out. out so Cooper can't hurry up and tell his kids that he's alive. So he just sits down to watch the videos. And fuck, man. The way these videos made me ugly sob. Like, the camera... Christopher Nolan's a genius. One. Two. The camera's on Cooper. Like, experiencing every emotion to his son... Or about his son, Tom. And his life updates. Including, he finished school. He got married. Oh, God, it's so sad. He had Cooper's first grandchild, and then the grandchild died. Mm -hmm. And Grandpa Donald died. Mm -hmm. You can also see Tom giving up on the belief that Cooper is even alive and out there and is still watching. Like, it's sad as fuck. The idea of watching your own child grieve the loss of you and not being able to tell them that you're okay. Yeah. And you can also see that 
Tom has aged significantly. Like you can see his wife walking around in the background. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then hearing, hearing about the fact that your child is dealing with the loss of their first child as well. Oh my God. Like the worst possible thing imaginable. And all Tom probably wanted was his dad to like be there and to help him through it. No. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And in case you wanted it to get worse, Murphy comes on after all this time of not recording any messages for Cooper. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. I'm sobbing. It's ugly. I I can't talk about her message. <laughs> she is so upset with Cooper because it's her birthday. <laughs> She's, <laughs> finding she, <it. laughs> She's finding it. She's finding it. And Murphy says that it's a very special birthday to her because whew, Cooper told her that when he came back, they might be the same age. And now she's as old as he was when he left. And he's sobbing. And I'm sobbing. She's sobbing. <laughs> oh, no. Emotional damage. He did the thing he wasn't supposed to do. And he made the promise that he was gonna come back he made not a promise but he made her believe that he would come back that he would be back by then when they were the same age and now she's that old <laughs> i don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> i don't even know how you get caught up on 23 years of video messages i can't even stay caught up on the amount of instagram reels he's dm me <laughs> Or the amount of TikToks. I think I have 47 TikToks in my inbox or something more. Oh my god. <laughs> We're back on Earth with Murphy right after she recorded that message. Right. With Perfect. Murphy, who is now played by... I don't remember. Jessica Chastain! Okay, I don't really know who that is. I like her. She's pretty. She's a good actress, too. Yeah, so we're back with her. She's a grown-up now. Nice. Professor Brand. I don't think he was in a wheelchair before, but he's in a wheelchair now. Mm -hmm. And he says that he doesn't know what he's more afraid of. The Endurance mission never coming back from space or them coming back and realizing that he has failed them. Murphy oh, is... Just that it's been 23 more years and he's still yeah. working on the gravity math. Still working on the math. Like, just plugging away on this equation. No. Couldn't be me. Wouldn't be me. Will not be me. Murphy is working with Brand on figuring out this gravity issue. So he was right. She was a bright flame that, you know, what it, whatever he said. She's that. She's a bright flame that he should encourage or fucking little whatever. Spark. Yeah, that's it. A little spark. Fan that flame. <laughs> he knows that he is getting close to dying. And he says he's not afraid of death, but he is afraid of time because he's an old physicist. <laughs> this seems to kind of inspire Murphy. And she realizes that they've been trying to solve the equation without factoring in for their general assumption of time. Because apparently time and gravity are related. Do I know how? No. If you don't know what that means, neither do I. I'm not a physicist. <laughs> We're back in space. They are all talking about the other two prospective planets, which they do not have enough fuel to go to both of them. Edmund's planet has better data, but man is still transmitting, which means that he's alive. 
-hmm. Both planets have the elements that are important for sustaining human life, but Brand is obviously more in favor of going to Edmund's planet than man's because she's her man's. That's her man's, (laughs) not man. Edmund's is her man. She doesn't want to go to man's. Man's is not her man. (laughs) Get it? Get it? (laughs) It's M A N N. That's why it's funny. Romilly suggests that they take a vote, but Cooper reveals that he knows Brand is in love with Edmonds, and he thinks it's only fair that Romilly knows that before they vote. She admits that, of course, this makes her want to follow her heart rather than the theory. She's arguing that love has to mean something within science, something more that we can't yet understand. Fucking amazing Anne Hathaway quote. Love is the one thing we're capable of perceiving that transcends the dimensions of time and space. Amazing. Love. She's drawn to Edmonds from across the universe, even though she hasn't seen him for 10 years and is probably dead. She thinks that this has to mean something within science. She has this beautiful, gorgeous monologue, but bing bong, her opinion is wrong. They are going to head. Yep. Looks like absolutely not. Let's yep. go to Man's Planet. And that is where we are going to stop. So stay with us. Stay here. Hit Your that notice next notice episode that. button. We're going to try and get it done so quick. So, so soon for quick. you guys. So quick. We got to go back. We got to um, learn a little bit more about um, wormholes and black holes and time, gravity, their relationship. We got to get the tea on that. Yeah. We got to get the science into the science tits part of this. And by we need to learn more about that, Caitlin means she, because I will not oh, be learning about that. No, I will not be doing that. No, I'm going to need you to rewatch this movie and take takes the basic Yeah, notes. no. So yeah. yeah, that's it. You're going to get all the fun facts and our ratings and everything next time. But I mean, so far, she's like a 9 out of 10 for me. I can't wait to listen to this back. Do you have nothing to say? I feel like you've been crying more now than you did during the actual movie. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Back for we'll be back. Two. You come back. We'll all meet together here inside of probably your phone. Yeah. And we get to talk about Matt Damon. Spoiler alert. He kind of sucks. We get to talk about black holes. We get to we talk about more gut wrenching emotional yeah. damage. Wrapping it up on that. Yeah. Thank you, Christopher Nolan. You broke my heart, you son of a bitch. God bless Christopher Nolan, you beautiful bastard. Jessica Chastain's from Sacramento. That's crazy cool. We love that. Maybe she'll come on the podcast. She won't. Not after you called her science tits. No, I'm science tits. No, I'm science tits. You're science tits. Okay, bye-bye, science tits. Fuck me. Ah!